0: We're, we're talking about launching mission communities. I've done that, Chris. I'm alright. Yeah. So have you all seen the paper? Yes. yes. Has anyone not seen the paper? Okay. Good. I think I think we've all seen it. I want, I wonder if I could get a, an idea of, of initial response from everyone about the about the idea. Um, and you can say no. All right. I'm not scared about people. Objecting or having issues with this because I know that this will hit different ones of you in different ways So I, I wonder if you could put your hand if this doesn't feel right to you having read the paper read the proposal Would you, would you mind putting your hand up? Can we have all the options in advance? Yeah, okay. It's does it feel right to you or does it not feel right to you? Okay? Have we got anyone that's really angry about it? Okay, now that's good <laughs> Woo, That makes my job easier Okay, anyone that feels it just doesn't feel right? Anyone that feels it does feel right, the proposal? Okay. Anyone's a little bit not too sure? Okay. This is just helpful for me because it, it, it helps me to know kind of what my job is. and I think I've got quite an easy job because most of you uh, are feeling quite positive towards it. Um, it's not really my job to convince you it's my job just to really share the heart of what we're trying to do and be as clear as I can about what we're proposing and then our job as a church is to discern the Holy Spirit and the leading to discern the mind of Christ together so as much as possible I want you to think along the lines of not is this good for me is this what I want is this this my cup of tea but does this feel like it's got the hand of God because that's what we're trying to work out and then as a church we can go forward together it's it's a mission proposal and mission as soon as we start talking about mission I've always found that it's most important to start talking about the heart of God rather than a project or uh, an initiative or an idea it begins with the Lord because God is a missional God the Lord is a God who sends out for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life he sees the state of the world he sees the perishing and he can't bear it so he reaches out to save And I guess the best picture we have of that missional heart of God is in Jesus sent out from the Father as a saviour to seek and save the lost. That's what Jesus said he came to do. And he also taught about the Father's heart. He said, this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. And he told the story of the prodigal son. He said, if you want to know what the heart of the Father's like, he's waiting for all of the lost ones to come home so mission begins in God anything we talk about to do with mission it, it, you have to align your, 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 whatever you're looking at up with the heart of God because God is a missional God now we as a church live in an un, amongst an unreached people group 90% of the people out there would not claim To be actively following Jesus Christ. And would have no concept of what it is to be saved. We live in a community of prodigals. And the Lord looks and he longs for them to come home. And the issue is with our community is most of them don't know they're lost. That's the difference with the prodigal son story. He knew... He had a home to come back to, he knew what he left and he, he knew that if he just turned and went home to Father, Father would be there. Most people don't even know that they're lost, they don't know that there is a God that is looking, longing and waiting. So it's, it's, we're in a different context. They don't know what it is to be found by God. And if they did, most of them wouldn't know how to go about it. So we're starting way, way back from... What maybe this country was like just a hundred years ago, where there was a context. So the situation is desperate, and it really should bother us. It really should get under our skin the situation of the spiritual climate that we live in. Yeah. Because so many are perishing, and that is really serious, it has eternal consequences. I wonder if you could think about it as being like a a sea. This is something I shared with the home group leaders who I've talked about about this proposal before. I'm talking with everybody because I wanted to have that conversation with them first. I wonder if you could see this, this area as being like a sea. The spiritual landscape is like one big sea and the vast majority of people are drowning. And then I want you to consider the churches. The churches are a bit like boats floating in this vast sea in the area. And some of them have a lot of people in these boats, and some people have less. Some of the ships have less people in them. But we are all seeking to bring people out of the sea, save them, and, put, and establish them in safety, spiritual safety. Come home to God. Now, what kind of boat would we be? This is one way that we've been thinking about this whole question. What kind of boat would we be as as Tottenham United Free Church? How do we go about reaching out to the people around us? What what kind of activities do we do? And I think as Tottenham United Free Church, we'd probably be... Described in lots of different ways if I asked you what kind of boat do you think we would be there'd be a, a number of different answers But probably the closest I think Would be a pleasure boat or a cruise ship Because we enjoy fellowship We enjoy our, our time and our life together. We uh, we do great food we, we actually do some quite good entertainment sometimes as well um, and our general cry to the people around us is come on board, come and see what we're doing come and see how we we live together come and taste, come and experience come and check out how we live and we want people to come and get on board and to to work out what it means to be part of our community here and if they really like it and they they get to grips with, with being in our environment if, if they really want to keep going, they can join the boating association. They can become members of our crew. Okay? And if you become members of the crew, there are special privileges open to you. You can then take part in our houseboats, which is like our home groups, okay? if you join the main boating association and that's how, that's how we go on and that's how most churches go on they invite people to come and see come on in come and find out what's going on this is a better way to live this is a place that is spiritually safe our home groups are like wonderful smaller vessels floating around in this sea like houseboats and you can imagine them as being these warm inviting like some of those really beautiful houseboats on the Thames. Uh, you can see, It's a place where, where there is fellowship, where there is warmth, where there is hospitality, where there is shared life. Where we grow and we nurture one another, where we support one another and we walk through life together. Uh, and we connect with Jesus. They are wonderful little havens here and there dotted around everywhere. Now I want want you to imagine being on one of those houseboats as one of your house groups and looking out the window and seeing the people around you fighting to stay above water. They're not allowed on the boat at the moment. At the moment they wouldn't be allowed to get on board because our home groups are exclusive, right? You have to be a member of this church in order to be in a home group. Come back to groups and streets and houses rather than boats. Just think for a moment, wherever your home group is, just imagine the person next door has just begun to get hungry for the things of Jesus. Just maybe they've been treading water in life so long, they're just tired and, and maybe they look at something in you, their next door neighbour, and they think, I'd love Whatever it is you have, I'd love some more of that. I'd love to find out what that is. People that are are being drawn to God. Imagine your next door neighbours like that. If they want to join your group to find out about who Jesus is and what this Christian life is all about, at the moment, first they have to make the trip into Totnes. And they have to get involved with Totnes United Free Church. They have to be here. They they have to start worshipping with us. They have to do our Alpha course at the moment. They would come through Alpha, we'd get to know them, uh, and then if they get through Alpha then they'd start Kingsbridge, and then they go through Kingsbridge, and then we get to know them even better. And if they are a Christian by the end of that, and they want to join the church, then we would begin to talk to them about what it means to join the church, and either two members of the leadership team would go and visit them in their home, or we might do an evening here, like we've done before, where we do a joining the church evening and then if they still want to join the church once they find out what it's all about, then we would welcome them up on a Sunday morning and we'd say, this is this person. And they have got to know us, we've got to know them. They, they've, they've become a Christian, they want to join the church. And we officially welcome them into church membership. Then we would look for a home group. Oh my goodness, there's a home group that meets next door to where you live. That's amazing. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Can anyone see a problem with that? that whole process Mm -hmm. now that process has been really important because in the past we've had a a complete free fall and we've had all sorts of people jumping around group to group and creating quite a lot of problems Um, and people have had all sorts of agendas for joining the group and so we've had to be a little bit careful about how we have organised the group just so that it's, it's possible to pastor them but I think we're in a new season in a different season And when I look at how people make their way into small group discipleship, there's something in that route that makes me say our doors are too narrow and the way is too hard. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, it's a great way. Getting to know the church, doing alpha, you know, getting to know people even better, journeying on with a small group getting to know the leadership team a bit and then working out it, with a three-way conversation with a home group and the leadership team and an individual where would you fit best? Where would you grow best? Where should we plug you into a home group? That works and it, if people come by that route it, it's a brilliant way to get to know the church and it, I, I highly recommend it we're not going to stop doing that. Yeah. But if that's the only way the vast majority of people in this neighbourhood in this this uh, region surrounding Totnes will not make their way through that narrow road I did some research some years ago about how people function in Totnes about sp- various spiritual groups non-Christian spiritual groups function I couldn't find a single group in the area that was over 25 people because there was something about all of us that really loves the small and the intimate We love the shared journey of being amongst a small family of people that we can be open with. It's not saying that I don't love the big gathered church. You know I do. I'm passionate about that. But for some, it's just too much. It's too much as a first step. They need something a lot more, a lot smaller, a lot more intimate, a lot less threatening. For some, coming into here on a Sunday morning is a bit like gate crashing a wedding everyone seems to know each other. There's all this stuff going on and they're not quite sure where, where to go or how to fit in. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a big threshold, that one, right there. It's hard to scale for some people. Uh, for some, it's fine, but others would just never step over it because they didn't know what they would expect. But to be invited into someone's home, of somebody that you know, that you've come into contact with, and to meet a few other people, in a non-threatening environment can be incredibly powerful for a lot of people and a, a much easier way to discover Christ. I think we need to be able to offer hospitality and discipleship spontaneously and intentionally in the groups without expecting people to jump through hoops to get there. Okay, coming back to the sea analogy of perishing people all around this area which I think is, a, is quite a helpful way to see the area spiritually what kind of vessels what kind of boats do you think are needed? Okay, feedback lifeboats. lifeboats yeah I love the idea of lifeboats small purpose built, easy to deploy vessels, designed and trained to rescue people, crewed by committed volunteers, willing to endure discomfort in the hope that people might get saved. That's the kind of small groups I think we need, that are more like lifeboats than houseboats. These these purpose-built groups that we could build and we could train for could be incredibly effective at going out and finding those who are lost, pulling them out, looking after them, doing the primary care stuff, making sure they feel warm, feeding people, tending to their wounds, loving them back to life getting them to a secure place bit by bit feeding them up blessing them making sure they're whole and then who knows maybe they'll want to join the lifeboat station with us because they'll see the power of what we're doing that I think is what is needed in a spiritual climate like the one we're living in so this proposal isn't just about passively receiving new people into fellowship Although I think that's important that we can just bring a friend. This proposal is about going out and making some noise to meet people where they are, lifeboat style. This is about asking God, how would you like us to make Jesus famous in this village or suburb? Is there any need that we can easily meet in your name? Could we come up with an event to explain how much Jesus loves them? We could imagine all sorts of things that we could do as groups. But there is a health warning with with doing this. Uh, If we start letting unchurched people into our groups, it could probably get messy. You would need to learn to work together to disciple awkward and disruptive people. Your groups might feel a bit less familiar, predictable and cosy. You would have to learn to be open and honest with new people present. You would need to learn to unpack the Bible in ways that will inspire both a mature believer and a total novice. Some of you, I know, will relish this idea. You're at the pioneer end of the spectrum. You, there, there are some of you that just love the idea of going out there, meeting as many people as possible, making a bit of noise, following Jesus, hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors like Jesus did, and then welcoming them all into your group. I know there's people <laughs> like that. Now, you might have to exercise a bit of discernment, you type of people. Because it's worth asking the question, is this person going to cope in my group? Is my group going to be a, a good environment for this person to grow? Is this, is this person a danger to anyone? Come on, we're living in a broken world here. You've got, you've got to think quite carefully. There may be some steps you need to take before welcoming, welcoming them into a group just to explain what you're about, to see people start to get a little bit freed up before they come and wreak havoc. Um, so that there's sometimes... A little bit of work to do first, if you're more of a pioneer. Some of you are the other end of the spectrum. I think this would upset the apple cart with some of you. I know what some of you are like. Some of you take like five years to feel like you can trust your group members enough to share something deep in your hearts. There's a few of you that are like that. You would have to learn to be vulnerable, even though there are newbies there. People that you don't know from Adam. And it's important that you do learn to be vulnerable and and open and not clam up, because it's in our openness that people feel permission to be open. It's a very powerful thing to extend to people who have had nobody to talk to or to share the deep things of their life with, is if we share our vulnerability. you going to have to get creative you might have to set up prayer triplets or accountability partners places, people that you can go deeper with that maybe before you felt you could be that deep in home group it might not be the same kind of environment so you might have to get creative you might have to find some people to do life a bit deeper with, within that group there are those of you who like your meaty bible studies to really grapple with the hard things of scripture and to debate them in your group I know that there are a few of you out there well we're going to have to find ways to read the Bible that can inspire both the believer that has been a scholar for 40 years and the person that has never come across this book before in their lives and it can be done I want to encourage you that it really really can be done and there is, there is an argument that if you feel like you're not getting enough solid food at your group, then you can, by all means, eat before you come. And then maybe you might even have something to share with somebody who is so weak they can't feed themselves yet. Yeah. Yeah. It depends where you see is the right place to be eating deeply of the word and you know that I'm a champion of that I I, want to champion the idea of getting into the word and grappling with the scripture it's so important I'm just not convinced that home group is the place for it because I think we're all already educated beyond our level of obedience and in home group in our small groups it's a place to get obedient and to follow Jesus actually to, to help each other to live the life One of the concepts that has inspired this change is the wild goose concept that I talked about a few weeks ago in church. The Celts lived in a spiritual environment not dissimilar to ours, amongst an unreached people group that had no knowledge or experience of our faith. The Holy Spirit would not let them stay settled in their Christian huddles too long, would always chase them out into the villages. So represented as the wild goose, the Holy Spirit would lead them out into the villages of England to make some noise, to upset the equilibrium, and to call people to follow Christ. They were persistent in prayer and action, meeting ordinary people eye to eye with good news until whole villages turned to the Lord. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. Amen. I think we have. And so we feel, as a leadership team, um, and as a, uh, a group of home group leaders, given the spiritual state of our area, we can't try to maintain exclusive holy huddles any longer. And I believe that we have to heed this call to go.